Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Okay, fair enough. First, I'll make you a promise. Okay. When I get cast in one of his movies, uh-huh. I will come back. And yes. I don't know, I, I can't really spoil it, I guess, because at that point I'll have to be quiet, but we'll figure out something to talk about. But there we'll you talk go. about what was at craft service. And <laughs> there you go. What was that craft we can, service? We'll talk about everything but the plot. <laughs> everything but the plot. Everyone's got their thing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Fanatics. I am Claire Kramer, and I am joined by my co-host, David Maganoff. Hi, David. Hey there, Claire. I'm here. My voice is a little fun. Um, your, vo- your voice is in the other room. <laughs> my voice is in the other room, but my brain is uh, present with you today. Hello. Your brain is not on drugs. Remember those commercials? Those commercials from the eighties. Just where made it would me want to like, get some bacon, some eggs. Fri- and I know. It's like, how about some hash browns with my brain? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, welcome, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us. We have an amazing guest on today, Sydney Michaela. You know her from School of Rock, Fuller House. Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast, the Barbarian and the Troll, Craig of the Creek, and General Hospital. More importantly, she is a huge fan of Jordan Peele movies, which we will get to in just a minute. But David, I'm curious, are you a fan? You know, more recently, Jordan is known for his work in the horror genre. Are you a fan of horror movies in general? Or are you like, no? I am a fan of horror movies. Uh, I think... Cabin in the Woods was my like first like where things got a little fun. I feel like almost Jordan Peele was inspired by that where it was it kind of took it on its head. But who's to say? I'm sure he was inspired by many things. But Sydney just we fell in love with this young woman today because she she's I don't want to say when she saw it. Let's just say she saw it at a young age. Get out for the first time. I'm giving you a teaser of our podcast here. And the fact that she fell in love with it at such a young age means that she really likes the Jordan Peele cinematic universe. Her sort of love of Jordan Peele transcends uh, just a lot. It's an appreciation for more than just his movies. So you know what? Why don't we just take a listen to the episode? What do you think, David? Do it. Peel it back. Oh, Sydney, do you ever see pictures of Chelsea Peretti and just 
put your face on top of it, like in Adobe Photoshop or something? I haven't got around to doing that, but now no, I will. Not yet. <laughs> now I put it on the bucket list. It seems like a common thing I should have done. Uh, Photoshop. We're here to provide inspiration. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So Jordan Peele, how would you describe his cinematic universe in a nutshell for someone who's not familiar with his work, which which spans pretty widely? Yes, it does. So for those who don't know, Jordan Peele was part of the comedic duo Key and Peele. So, you know, we kind of met him through his comedy, his fun, witty, you know, lovely, you know, standout comedy. I feel like everyone knows the substitute teacher bit where he comes in and, you know, he's calling people like the wrong name and uh, him and his uh, comedic partner, you know, were able to do that. And it was just so funny, but he really spun out into this horror universe and so we really know his three films get out us and then the new one that is coming up that i'm so excited for on the 22nd nope i already have my ticket purchased i'm a little very excited (laughs) so i finally convinced someone to go with me because everyone knows i'm a little crazy about it but uh why jordan peele cinematic universe is so incredible is that he really combines horror he puts black people in his films which we don't really see black people in horror films and there's kind of a running joke that you never really see a black person make it out of a horror film alive usually they're there for the first 10 minutes and then they kind of die or go off so and then on top of all of that he includes an amazing history so when watching his films the first time you really enjoy them but if you go back to actually look at the films there's a lot of history behind them which I genuinely love like there's so many little parts of that I'm like wow this is so cool and I really would have not known that before if I hadn't looked into it so I I just love it I think he includes all of those things really well. And I love a good Easter egg. I'm going to be honest. Mm. So I think writers that can include Easter eggs that know their work well enough to know how to like insert things and to talk to their crew, like, Hey, I need you to put this prop here and this prop there and have, you know, direct this person to do this because I know that this is going to mean something to the audience later is really fun for nerds like me. (laughs) So I I love it. I love it. I love it. So which piece of his work have you seen the most? You're a rewatcher. Uh, you just said you like to rewatch. I'm a rewatcher too. How many How many times and which piece have you seen the most? So I've seen Get Out probably the most because that's his first film that really set this whole thing off. You know, it's really incredible too because it's not really an independent film, but I did talk about this in my last film class that it does kind of follow more of that structure where we're kind of seeing more of these independent films and this more artistic, cinematic kind of thinking make it to mainstream. So, and it was really incredible to see that. Uh, also, I'm really excited. I go to UCLA. Uh, if you didn't know, I, I love it. But we're, I'm actually taking a course on, you know, black. I'm a Trojan. I'll keep. I'll keep listening. But <laughs> I'll I'm keep listening for now. But hearing. I might get kicked yeah. off later. Fair enough. That's fair. Yeah. Selective uh, here. Completely makes sense. But I'm taking a course on black horror and cinema too, and obviously he's going to be an integral, you know, part to that course, which I'm really excited about. So I'll be watching his films even more. And how many times do you think you saw the first one? Get out. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe a solid 10. So I don't sound too crazy. Yeah. No, it's okay I to be crazy here. Crazy is good here. 
what were you able to uncover through the rewatches? Because I find like you're either a rewatcher like you uh, and myself or you're not. And for people who don't rewatch, they don't get it. But the layers, you can peel back so many layers. So what were you able to peel back after, you know, watch three, watch seven, watch nine? Educate us, Sydney. I think I love to watch them and then race home as soon as I can hop on Reddit and see what other people have found. So I, you know, there are the general theories, which I think some, uh, you know, Pila has confirmed some. So we have Rose, which is the girlfriend and she is like, uh, so like first we see her, like the police kind of confront her about, you know, what's going on, where is she going with her boyfriend who's black? And she's like, Oh, you know, don't worry about it. And she doesn't leave a paper trail. So everyone's kind of confirmed that she doesn't, want the police to press her not because she doesn't have the license but because she doesn't want to leave a paper trail or she kills a deer and she feels no remorse about it which is later kind of related to this buck Mm -hmm. you know symbol that we kind of see you know a black man synonymous with buck which usually uh you know is a very very uh, derogatory term is a black man that like goes after a white woman in a very violent way and so we see that used a lot throughout the film and it's really really Uh cool to see and you know we see chris that's the black man in the film that we follow throughout the story follow his narrative but he uses the buck at the end to kind of kill the father and the family to get out of his situation which is interesting using that symbolism all the way through uh we see at the beginning too i believe there's omega symbols at like the house sign so omega is the last letters of the greek alphabet which means like the end or means essentially Mm -hmm. like (laughs) that the ending there's no escaping so it's interesting that people put that in there too but there are just so many little tidbits that i love in there Sydney, here's a fun thing. Sydney, there's Nope that's obviously coming out that you've already bought 100 tickets for for the next 10 viewings. I have. When you have a Jordan Peele movie come out, do you read everything about it before you go to the theater or do you let yourself be surprised? No, you have to read before. And I think it's funny to read before. You have to? Yes, because even if you Why do, do I have to? <laughs> because it's like you come in with this knowledge and then it's still not going to be what you think. But I can tell you guys what I think it's going to be about so far. I wrote this down. So no, like, no, no. I don't no, want to Sydney. You know, I do. No. I have to uh, say. I have to say. Okay. So. No, you I can know. do it. You, if you want, go for it. I'm literally <laughs> going to take my headphones out. Okay. I'm that's fair enough. Fair Here we enough. Go. And then wave at me when you put them back in. Here <laughs> we go. Enough. I'm here with you, though, girl. Come on, tell me. Okay, so audience, this is the segment where I may or may not spoil Nope. I really don't think so. I do think Jordan Peele is just that genius that you think you know it's going to happen and you have absolutely no clue. So I know that it's about aliens. I know that it's about uh, Kiki Palmer as the ancestor of, I think, maybe the first black horse owner, something like that. And they believe that Mm -hmm. they're seeing aliens. And so they're trying to get this million-dollar Oprah shot is what they call it. And they're trying to take a picture of these aliens coming to get a lot of money. So I think there's something to do with these horses again. I then started looking into horses and seeing that, you know, black people obviously with slavery were first caretaker of horses and then were able to like rise. Well, it calls back to like the plantations, which it also did in Get Out. Yes. Right. right. Mm -hmm. So call back to that. And then it kind of, you know, evolves its way into black people, then really got into horse racing, things like that. So I'm trying to see the the things with that. And then, you know, like the wacky, wavy things at a car dealership? 
Mm-hmm. Also oh, yeah, the, symbolism. The noodle thing. Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, I think something that I noticed between all his films is really the ownership of black bodies seems mm-hmm. to always kind of be a running thing. And we notice that the aliens feed on the horses somehow. We know that Kiki Palmer's character owns this ranch of horses and the aliens are feeding off of that. And then we know we had this like wavy thing at the car dealership. So you still see like, I'm trying to piece these pieces together, but they're just so separate. Like you just have to see it to know what it's about. So I really don't even think I'd be able to spoil it for real. Okay, David, you're back in. Uh, he literally did take his headphones out. I don't know. You didn't spoil anything. We just talked about basically the trailer, but that's fine. We'll just let David go Google it on his own. And yeah. <laughs> I'm a go. big Reddit person too, so I do the same thing. Like, especially every time I used to watch a Game of Thrones episode, I was like straight on Reddit after nice. that, you know, just to break it down because there's so much symbolism. How do you think Jordan moved from comedy and his his early era of the universe, you know, his cinematic universe into this horror genre. And how do you think he creates the layers that we're speaking of within the work and the Easter eggs and the callbacks and the symbolism? Because it's a very specific skill set. It is. I think it's a combination of everything. I think he's always loved horror. Like in Get Out, you see references to The Shining right there. You know, Get Out's written in blue letters and then it's kind of that dark background totally referencing The Shining. And then he has like the Goonies references and I think Chud in Us is more of that reference. So I think he's always had that love and passion for horror. And I think also comedy is just such a great background to have because I think everything can kind of stem from a comedic background until it's not really funny. I think comedy is really being able to call out what's happening in the real world and really draw attention to it. And so I think you can do that and start kind of with the funny and then just kind of remove it and make the audience look at, you know, uh, symbols that were always there that it's like, wow, I would have never seen it that way. Or wow, like, you know, the sunken place, what does that really mean for people of color, specifically black people in America? You know, so I, I think he just does. And I think also just knowing your history will help as well. Having that symbolism, mm-hmm. like the book and that. Us is a lot <laughs> more symbolism. I feel like I don't, you know, that one is definitely harder to connect, but I it's still, us. you do? That's so funny. My I parents loved could not us. stand I love Get Out I and I loved it. Us and I can't wait for Nope, which is why I want to be surprised, Sydney. <laughs> okay. Like a okay. regular person. Okay. Hey, Sydney, we always like to ask about uh, first times. So I assume Get Out was your first, because I think that essentially was his first first mm-hmm. movie i mean we we should still we'll talk about twilight zone we can talk about lovecraft country in a second too yes. but that was his first like of new era jordan peele of not sketch comedy giant jordan peele yes like when what where when how why first time get out uh i remember being young 13 and i remember seeing it i believe at the grove so i was you just a baby yeah i was i was this was a long time ago you know his It feels long, but I think it was amazing just to see myself represented on screen. I think, you know, representation really is important. And so to see that was really exciting. And then to see everyone also be excited about it and to rewatch it and to see all these different signs and symbols and history intertwined in it. I just like a movie that really has a larger message. You know, good, gory horror is always fun. But I think when you're able to walk away with something and actually talk about it, That's always the best.
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But hold on. You were a 13-year-old girl walking out of Get Out. Were you really, like, breaking it down with your friends? Because I, I can't imagine there were a ton of 13-year-olds who were walking out of that movie thinking <laughs> this is the greatest film of all time and is changing my life. So were you the odd one of your group, or was everyone on the same page as you? Just my mom. And I think <laughs> that's why she doesn't go to take me anymore. Because it would just be like, okay, wow, that's cool, Sydney. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like, can we talk about anything else? She has to be. He really shifted what was happening in horror filmmaking. It's true. Because we went through this era, and even now still with Squid Games, where it was like all about the like gore shock, like Saw, where they cut off the leg and like all those movies. And it was about the the horror wasn't in the circumstance. The horror was in the physicality of what was happening to the lead characters. Mm -hmm. But this sort of takes it back to the intellectual, like, it's interesting to hear you talk about his influences because they do remind me of, you know, Rosemary's Baby and The the Shining. They're scary because of the, what's going on mentally with the people in the film and then the actions, not the opposite. So it was definitely a new way of telling a horror story. And like you said, seeing people of color being represented, not just as the ancillary characters, but as the lead characters. When you, when you first saw, you know, get out, how did that feel to see yourself on the screen, to see a whole cast, you know, that, and with us as well, you know, how did that make you feel as a person of color? You know, it it did definitely feel great. And as an actor, too, it definitely gave me hope because I feel like a lot of times we only see like the same few black actors on screen as though they're kind of, quote unquote, the chosen ones. And there is so much talent out there that's just kind of unseen. So, of course, like as an actor, I would love, love, love to be in a Jordan Peele movie. And like, yeah, I, I really feel strongly about that because I just love his work. But I think to trust your writing enough to be like, hey, I don't necessarily need to use someone that has a huge name. And I just trust Mm -hmm. my writing enough that I can choose the cast just purely based on talent, I think really speaks to Jordan Peele on his own. Because a lot of people I don't think would stand on their work enough to be like, I'm gonna just go with the no names. I'm not gonna compromise what I want. I'm gonna do, you know, this. And it wasn't no names. They obviously have incredible credits. But, you know, he didn't cast like Denzel Washington. He went for someone that wasn't as big because he trusted his writing and his vision enough, which I think is incredible. Yeah, like like Heath and Lil Rel and all those guys, they weren't, you know, and Daniel, they weren't household names like they are now. And I do love, and he does it so well. I mean, race is a giant theme. It's not just representing, right? It's it's literally like, let's talk about this. Let's use this. Let's spin it on its head. Right. And he does it in a way where, yeah, white people, black people, all people, I feel like walk away from that movie 
and are just like, this is so great, which is such a tightrope. And I think that's what makes it so special. Um, do you watch, by the way, because we're just speaking of this universe. Yes. I'm also a giant fan, and I feel like I feel like not a ton of my friends watch it, but I love it. Atlanta. Do you watch that? I series? do watch Atlanta. Yes. Oh, it's, it's just so feel like funny. Jordan. It, just, it feels like get out the show, especially this it new is, season. It is. It is. Well, I was actually talking like with my professors, you know, my film professors. I love Afro surrealism as a genre. A lot of people don't know what that is. So they're, they're kind of intertwined. It's Afro surrealism and Afro futurism. So Afro surrealism is just surrealism, but looking at it from a black lens. So cool. just taking anything that you see in daily life as a black person and then just kind of turning it on its head. So like insecure Atlanta, dear white people, uh, just shows like that, that really just focus on what you're going through and then kind of show it through a comedic lens or like a cinematic lens where like what's going on. So like even, you know, insecure Issa Rae just kind of like rapping in the mirror to herself and like her having these back and forths is her version of her story. So obviously it didn't happen like that in real life, but you know, or sorry to bother you. That's always, that's a, that's a real, if you want to see some surrealism, that is yeah. a crazy movie. That is, I, it, that's a crazy movie. But, but it's fun to see, right? That these yes. films are being, that other filmmakers are being inspired already so quickly by Jordan, you know, yeah. and, and Donald Glover, obviously being inspired by Jordan. It's fun so quickly, you it know, is. how, you know, we can just, green light stuff be like hey it's like get out like in a good way not in yes. a yeah 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 well it'll make money but these are movies that are incredibly refreshing and are wonderful uh new artistic eye to see so it's Absolutely. and it just makes it makes us happy to, right it puts a big smile on our faces so good more afro surrealism thank you yes Sydney. of yes. course cast cast yourself in a jordan peele movie tell me the story tell me the premise tell me what kind of a character you because you know what sydney it can happen i think after this podcast you know i mean let's get you on his radar you're vision board so vision board we're all going to put it out there in the universe but give me a pitch for you in one of his untold stories so far okay fair enough first i'll make you a promise okay. when i get cast in one of his movies uh -huh. i will come back and yes. I don't know, I, I can't really spoil it, I guess, because at that point I'll have to be quiet, but we'll figure out something to talk about. But there we'll you talk go. about what was at craft service. And <laughs> there you go. What was that craft we can, service? We'll talk about everything but the plot. <laughs> we'll talk about what it was plot. like working and being with Jordan Peele. I love that. Set. Yeah, girl. Okay. I love that title. Everything but the plot. I think <laughs> that is my favorite. <laughs> that is going to be okay. I'm holding you to that. Everything but yes. the plot. Love that. <laughs> So, ooh, what would it be about? Uh, I really like characters who don't uh, speak too much. Not because that's, I, I don't know why, but I like seeing characters that have a lot of like internal conflict and you're trying to figure out like, what's their deal? Are they good? Are they bad? You know, what's going on? So I think a lot of that, yeah, maybe like- Do you die? I don't know, I don't have to die. I don't have to die. Maybe no. die. Maybe no. die, I don't know. People like no, that's some thing. actors want to have a good death scene. Maybe Sydney's like, oh, oh my gosh, I'd be thrilled to see how Jordan Peele kills me. You know, if I get to stay the course of the movie, fair enough. I feel like uh, in Jordan Peele films as well, they're not connected, even though the themes may be connected. The characters aren't from one movie to another. So, uh, you know, if I got to have like a long, a long run and then at the end die, that'd be really fun. But I think a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of Jordan Peele fun. Uh, and just a lot of internal like 
conundrum would be really fun. And a lot of discovery, a lot of discovery. I saw Candyman 2, which is not part of this like trilogy somewhat, but I still loved it. So that kind of thing of the character discovering what's happening. Cause that was Candyman was really well done too. I loved it. Mm. Very scary. So, oh, but would you, would you, if they were to remake us down the road, I don't know why they would do that. It's, but you know, Hollywood likes money. Would you, and they said, you know, we really were looking for a new Lapita from like us. Would you be like, heck yeah, I'll do that in a second. Or are you like, that's not quite the role. I'll, only if Jordan Peele is doing it. Only if he's redoing his movie. You know, I would hate to see, you know, what Hollywood does sometimes if a writer like retires or, you know, does something else or God forbid something happened that Hollywood's like, oh, well, we still have the rights. Like, okay, okay. Like, let's, you know what I mean? Because it, it, the movies were never about that to me, never about making money or, you know, getting like the, <laughs> you know, selling a bunch of stuff like us toys or something, but more about <laughs> the message. So I, I think as long as it's focused on that, uh, that's what makes it fun and really beautiful. So you're introducing someone new, maybe a partner, maybe a, a new, you know, roommate or just a <laughs> girlfriend, you know, to Jordan Peele. They have been living somewhere, you know, remote Mars, maybe they have not seen they don't know him. They Ohio, have not maybe. seen anything any of his work, comedy, you know, pre or current, what, how do you introduce them and where do you start and what do you, what do you show them first? Ooh, that is tough. I mean, maybe I got to ask if they like TV or movie more. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's, that's a tough, I don't know. I mean, I love Lovecraft Country as well. So possibly Lovecraft Country because I, I was in love with that. I was so sad to hear it wasn't, uh, coming back for a second season, definitely, definitely like gut wrenching, but possibly mm-hmm. that I think it's got a lot of fun history in there. Beautiful cinematography. It deserves the budget it had for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Watchmen? I did not. I know. I think you're going to really like that show. So HBO good. <laughs> Max, I'm assuming right now. Boy, <laughs> so that's, that's a show that also digs into definitely Afro surrealist moments of just like black history and, and taking it and playing with it and nice. highlighting it. I mean, you do, you learn a lot, you know, it's, it's, you know, as a white man, it's like really a joyful way to learn about, I'm just not a history person. I don't care. I don't care the the color of your skin or the type of hair or what shoes you're wearing. History is just not a thing for me <laughs> for about any kind of history. So any way in which history can be, you know, shared with me in an entertaining way, that is a win. And so I feel like funny enough, the greatest history that I've learned has been, has been a lot of these Jordan Peele movies, Atlanta, things like that, where it's like, Hey, like, let me teach you about our struggles. Let me teach you about, you know, where we've been and I'm entertained and I learned a shit ton. So, you know, well, interestingly I, enough, I get why the history thing yeah. is such a big deal. Like even the Ronald Reagan hands across America thing. I didn't know that was a big campaign. Oh, and yeah. in us, he <laughs> uses that in such an entertaining way. It's, it's great. Like that's, it that's is. my favorite stuff too. When they meld the two. It is. Yeah. You know, and I, I thought I was like that too, that I didn't really enjoy history, but you know, I actually find that it's so interesting in order for it not to repeat itself. I can, I wrote, one of like my biggest essays for my freshman year, actually like on the effects of blackface and kind of, you know, comparing like Lovecraft country to some of the, you know, blackface that we've seen throughout and like why using just 
the actors, like white actors to portray white actors and black actors to portray black actors versus doing the blackface would, you know, completely make a difference, you know, delving into that history and still seeing like, you know, uh, to this day, you know, that repeated, that pattern repeated. I think it's just interesting and really important to know history in general because it really does repeat itself. But I didn't believe it until I started digging into some archives that I was like, wow, this is being done in uh 2020 2021 wow you know what i mean this is still like being repeated so i used to be like that too like oh i don't want to crack open a history book but i think you'll find it like more interesting than you may think so i think that's all right sydney we're giving you a gift card to sugarfish you and jordan peele get to be there tomorrow night 7 30 p.m you have three questions you get to ask him oh. in addition to just chit chat what are three specific questions that he will 100% answer for you that you'd like to ask him? Okay. Uh, so the actor that plays Chris in Get Out is also appearing in Nope. Why is that right there? You know, because there hasn't been, I don't believe, a repetition of actors in his movies before. So I do want to look into that. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Second question. Second question. Uh, what gives him like inspiration to start mm -hmm. like his next movie and his next film, just cause there's so much to pull from. Like, what do you know specifically? So hmm, that'd be my second thing. Ah, and then my third question, I can't just flat out ask, can I be part of your next movie? So hmm. sure. I think you can, I mean, you might be, <laughs> you might be disappointed, but you could certainly ask. No, no, I feel like that's a lame one though. If I only get three questions, I feel like it's gotta be good. Oh man. I maybe would ask, was Chris in the sunken place the whole time and get out? Uh-huh. That would be the question. That would be the question. And that's like, a good see, one. Yeah. So that's a good one. I would love to know that. Amazing. Uh, Sydney, we always like to get into it and put our little uh, pop psychology hats on, if dare we say. Okay. This is about as deep as this podcast goes. Okay. Uh, all the way into the four-foot part of the pool. But if you had to ask yourself why you really like this Jordan Peele universe, what's the slightly digger deep for you on all this, do you think? Uh, well, the digger deep is that I do genuinely want to be a producer and Afro-surrealism is actually my favorite uh, style of genre. I maybe was never able to put it into words, but being able to show my experiences through a beautiful cinematographic lens, you know, I also come from like a dance background. So being able to explore things, even physically, is really extremely interesting to me. So to see him do it on such a large platform, it was the first time that I felt seen I was like, if he can do it, maybe I can do that too. So being able to delve into that. And then of course, just meeting people that are super interested in his work, being able to like take a class really soon about his work, even though I feel like, I feel like I know a good bit. I feel like I know a good bit, but it's okay. I'd love to, you know, learn even more. Even if it's just one thing, it'll totally be worth, you know, the time spent. But I think all of it uh, just combined, just feeling seen and putting I didn't even know a genre for what I wanted really existed. So I think when I saw it for the first time, it was like, whoa, that's so cool. You know what? 
People spend their whole careers studying one director or one, you know, character or one genre. He's young in his sort of like universe. You know what I mean? You could really be that person, Sydney. You could you could be the one to write a book about him <laughs> and his influences and his work. And you are so articulate and intelligent. I encourage you to think about that as a project. I really okay. do. I, th- I right. think even if it's just, you know, volume one is the first three, you know, get out us and nope. And then volume two is, you know, what the next couple movies. I think that would be a great, even if it was a Vanity Fair article, like something. Yeah. I think there's something there for you. I really Aww. like that idea because you're the way you're breaking it down to me, I had not thought about. So I'm very appreciative to hear your perspective instead of just my perspective. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, I just want to, you know, do well by his work. I think, you know, it's just really thought out and just extremely well done. So I think it's so cool. Yeah. Okay, one more fun question before David gets to the love letter. What is your process when you're going to watch a a Jordan Peele movie? For me, I like to close the curtains. I do certain things. I get certain things ready at my ready. What is your process when you're actually watching at home versus, or what's your process going to the theater? That's so funny. It sounds like you're going to do a seance, which is why it's hilarious. I I close the curtains. Except I I want people out of my life, not in my life. (laughs) I don't want anyone coming in. Go out, stay. (laughs) I think the first step is like watching it, maybe like a normal person, because the first time I'm going to watch it in the theater. So like watching it as though I'm just a regular person and then going home for like hours, like, okay, now what did that really mean on Reddit? And then like going back and forth with people, going through comments, going through, you know, uh, movie com- or like YouTube videos that have already been made <laughs> and then uh, coming back to it again, you know, when it does come on a streaming platform and watching it again, which is so fun. I love that. Sydney, this was a pleasure if you'd be so kind to regale us with a love letter. Okay. Well, dear Jordan Peele, thank you so much for providing such a beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, media outlet for me to watch, for me to enjoy. I now have a newfound appreciation for horror films that I haven't before. I am super excited to star in your next movie. So, hey, whenever you're ready, I'm here. And... Um, I just love your work so much. Love, Sydney. Amen. Yay. Thank you so much, Sydney. Sydney. Thank you. you. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I remember where I was 
when I saw Get Out the first time. It is kind of one of those movies to me, like a Matrix. Yeah, where were you? I was just with friends at home, and I didn't see it in the theaters. For somehow, it just didn't... I knew it was supposed to... I knew it was great. I knew it was great. I knew it was great. Everyone said, you got to see it. You got to see it. It Just for some reason, I couldn't get out to the theater to see it. I don't know. Whatever life was happening. And then when I finally saw it, it was so hyped to me, and Mm -hmm. it still blew everything out the water because you just Mm -hmm. didn't see this movie before. And you're like, oh. It's it's everything Sydney said. It's this Afro-surrealistic, but incredibly mainstream, incredibly non-mainstream, specific, independent, major motion picture. Like it, it he mm-hmm. he did such a phenomenal job. And I think who would have thought it was the guy who just made Keanu, you know, the movie about him and uh, Keegan Michael Key looking chasing after the cat, you know, that was like the failed quote unquote attempt at, you know, the Key and Peel movie universe and then he's just like how about this how about this get out movie and how about like, i just do something man. really smart and genius and <laughs> like a lot of symbolism and history borrow from dan brown and you know i mean it, it's true but you know we see that a lot we see you know look whoever thought you know 60 years ago clint eastwood would be where he is yeah. in his directing career yeah. you know we see people ron howard another example you know he was on a show as a kid like no one ever thought look clinton clinton just <laughs> didn't do as much with his career but you know ron's like it's crazy the way that you know my friend danny strong another great example creator of dope sick you know recount writer emmy nominations he was just one of the guys on buffy so when people sort of have to reinvent themselves i feel like it sort of brings out the best in the person you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. and he's definitely he reinvented himself that's why i've got a blues album coming out next month I would listen to it. I'm going on tour, Claire. If you want to be, you know, I need some backup singers. You know, I'm good, but um, I'm always there for you. You know, give me a triangle or a tambourine and I will be there. I could also use a bass player, a guitarist, a drummer, and a keyboardist if you can fill any. My children are available and they fill all those slots. <laughs> yes, so Claire, there you go. Family That's your band. It's a little spin on the Partridge family. (laughs) (laughs) No, in all seriousness, no. His movies do... And, you know, interesting. I have to ask you about one thing, David. Sure. You said you weren't like a history... You said you didn't even like like history, which... I'm not a history buff in any way, shape or form. Well, a buff is one thing, but acknowledging history, I'm curious, what is your take on... You know, like, because we said a couple times, Sydney had mentioned, like, if you don't study, if you don't understand history and where we came, we come from, you could potentially, as a society, repeat the past. So what is your take on that sentiment, I guess? I agree with that, meaning ideally we should keep being progressive with our moral codes and stature for the life we go. I'm more talking about, like, events. If you tell me about the Battle of Concord or that I'm... Events I'm not that great with because for some reason I'm just like, well, that happened. I'm just such a like, let's see what's going on today and tomorrow kind of guy for better and for worse. But mm-hmm. if there's someone, if you can entertain me with the history, I'm, I'm going to remember it better. Like I was telling her watchmen, they go through, you know, not to talk about something completely different, but they really dive in to these events in Oklahoma. Heck, we just watched under the banner of heaven. And yeah, the Tuskegee massacre. Thank you, producer Kelsey for that's what they go into on Watchmen. And it was, it was such an interesting way to spoon feed my lazy brain that doesn't like history. And I was like, Ooh, thanks for sharing with it. 
with colors and people and actors, you know, but yeah, we were just watching under the banner of heaven, which was like, I learned all about Mormons and I could pick up a book about it. You know, I could pick up a million books about it. I can watch documentaries and sometimes I do, but rarely do I it's, it's, you know, when a nice piece of fiction can kind of get me there, like I love the crown, you know, and I know it's not completely true, but generally I'm not a, I'm just not a history well, buff. I'm sorry, everyone. It's interesting. I, I mentioned Clint Eastwood. He is someone who has made uh, his, the later part of his career about documenting history. Same with Oliver Stone. I feel like, I feel like there's a certain like epic genre of filmmakers that focus on history, but what Jordan's doing is unique in that he's taking, you know, nonfiction events and putting them with a fictional background, yeah. which you could argue that about any movie, but his are not <laughs> yeah. meant to be nonfiction or based on nonfiction events. They're just riddled with history. So there's kind of like, it's, it's a new uh, way of, I guess, learning for, for you, David. <laughs> I agree. Anyway, he's amazing. Well, speaking of history, we have a, uh, a history book's worth of podcast episodes you can enjoy. Uh, more than 50. Wow. What? Yes, fanatics. What? We're rocking it out. Uh, enjoy our history of shows that include Tiffany Thiessen and Ray Fisher and Michael C. Hall and Tony Hale and so many others. Uh, and now another one in the books. Good job, Sydney Michaela. You made it into the Fanatics history archives. Uh, thank you for clicking five stars. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for subscribing or whatever sharing the thing that you do that clicks and makes this a part of your life. We appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. I have been David Magadoff. That, of course, is Claire Kramer. And we are fanatics we're fanatics <laughs> we're fanatics it's true bye bye before we let you guys go we're going to tell you a little bit about next week's episode we do it every week this shouldn't come to a surprise for you aria brooks you know her from high school musical the series so many other wonderful things check her out on wherever you listen to music she's got singles dropping like every day and she loves disney cruise ships and she's never been on one. Mind blown. See you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. If you need to get out, you don't need to ask us for permission. It's true. Nope, you don't. <laughs>